Hello, everyone. My name is Kate. Hi, my name's Chris. And you're listening to Artwise. Hello, everyone. I am here today with Chris. Why don't Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and just talk about a little bit about whatever it is you're here on Artwise to talk about today? I said about like four times in that sentence. <laughs> well, my name's Chris Thomas. I'm an artist in the Seattle area, and I've been painting for around three years now, maybe a little bit longer. And I've really been a creative person my entire life, but didn't really discover painting and until about then and today I just wanted to come on and talk about what I do and what kind of art I'm into and then I also wanted to chat a little bit about AI art and how that seems to be affecting the current art environment and I also just wanted to chat about the kind of art renaissance I've, I've noticed during the pandemic era that we've been going through. Awesome. I'm excited for this episode, particularly for the AR, A, oh my goodness, AI art. That's hard to say. AI art conversation because I have not yet brought that up on this podcast yet. And it has really been like popping lately. It's been like a oh, very yeah, popular definitely. topic of conversation especially on like TikTok and stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff that's really made me like, you know, like it's just kind of for me at the beginning anyway, it was one of those things I was like, oh, that's cool. But like, I didn't really give it much thought. But after seeing like what other artists have to say, I'm like really excited to talk about that today. Yeah, um, there's just a lot of interesting topics related to AI art right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of really, there's like Dolly and like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's other ones. Dolly's like the biggest one, but Yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but before we get into that, I okay. have some, some preliminary questions just like to, about what you do personally okay. yeah. that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. No one gets past these. So my first question is how how did you begin your art journey? So like feel free to be as detailed as you want. We have a whole a whole hour. Like what's your your artist origin story? What what is your experience in this industry look like? Well as I've stated I've been a creative person my entire life. I really ha have always been the kid that like sketches in their notebook during class and is always drawing instead of listening, you know, all, all those things. And in college, I actually started taking architectural design program classes over at the UW here in Washington. And I did not make it into the major. I ended up graduating with a history degree. But the skills that I, I took from, from those classes still kind of shine through in my work today. Uh, I work mainly with acrylic paint. I've dabbled in other mediums, mostly gouache and oil, but acrylic is really my main medium. That's that's what I love to work with. It's just really nice and easy. You know, you don't have to wait an exorbitant amount of time for it to dry, and it's it's non-toxic, which is good since I've got a one-year-old at home as well as a cat and a dog. And my painting, really, I did never doesn't just I didn't discover that I was into painting until I had a paint and sip night with my, my wife's cousins. And we sat down and I was like, this is really fun. I really like this. There's a level of creativity that I didn't know that I had before. And I just kind of went from there and, and honed my skills. I did a lot of self teaching. I, 
I watched YouTube videos. I watched Instagram reels, all these, you know, all the resources that are out there and just kind of found artists that I liked and styles that I liked and started to kind of find a style of my own. I, I started doing landscapes mostly. That was my main focus for a while. And that transitioned into doing like a space landscape. So a lot of my artwork now is is space related or just kind of like a cosmic vibe, very vibrant pieces. I love using a lot of color, but you can still see that perspective and landscape kind of influence on my art today. And then there's also some pieces that I'm known for recently, which are my negative art pieces. And if I describe those, so basically it's using a negative color palette, like think like a negative picture or inverted filter on a phone. So if you were to view my painting with that filter, it would look like the normal colors. And that's something that recently on, on TikTok and Instagram has has gone pretty big for me, which is pretty cool. And I can explain more about that if you'd like. I'd... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I personally have seen all of it. I've been following you for a while. I <laughs> Didn't you recently also like host or te- I don't know, host teach like a paint and sip? Like, I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. That's awesome. Full circle. I yeah. maybe want to talk about that a little bit. Definitely. That was actually more of just a thing that I did with family and friends. My wife, daughter, and I went to Indiana to visit some family. And it was just kind of like a relaxing vacation, almost like a, a honeymoon for us because we had got married in July. And so this was in August. And uh, the neighbors around there, there's a lot of family that were around and we're like, well, let's just get together and have like a fun little paint and sip. And I agreed to, to lead it. And I said I would do a painting in my style, which is a little different, I feel, than if we're to do, say, like a Bob Ross kind of landscape style. But I still um, heeded the words of Bob Ross many a times and said, you know, whatever, whatever you make doesn't matter. It's not going to be bad as long as you're having fun. And uh, there was definitely a lot of happy trees that were painted. (laughs) It was a lot of fun and I would love to do it again, maybe for, for money. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I can't believe you didn't get paid for that because I saw, I saw the paintings too that people did. And I was like, that is so cool. Cause I'm, I'm big into space, space stuff. So, and like also nature. So have that kind of like crossover. I think that'd be so cool. I just thought that was, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it gives a good idea of like people who are listening right now who can't, I guess, see your work. I mean, I guess they could. They could just go look you up right now. Link in bio, link, or not link in bio, link in the episode description <laughs> if, you, if you're lit, not driving or doing something where it would be dangerous to go look at that. Yeah, no, but yeah, that's really awesome. So that being said, how would you, I guess, describe your style? I kind of mentioned like space nature crossover. Would yeah. you say that's that's accurate? Like how, yeah, how would you describe your personal style? That's pretty accurate. I've described it in many ways in the past. Recently, I'm really stuck on the the term cosmic surrealism. I just feel like that really mm. fits because my artwork is kind of in a surrealist style. And then, of course, space related. So I was like, oh, yeah, cosmic surrealism. I just I don't know. I don't know if it's a real thing, but I decided to, to make it one. <laughs> no, that's so cool. That's actually like that is awesome. If that becomes like a big genre. I I would love to contribute. I I love I love surrealism art. 
I've always, you know, I feel like myself as an artist anyway, I don't know if if you've dealt with this at all. I have always admired people who are able to have like a realistic style. Um, I don't know if I feel like see, it's hard because like people that I know who do really stylized, like cartoony, like comparable to like Disney type stuff. They're like, oh, your art is realistic. But then the actual people that I am looking up to who actually do like realistic stuff and surrealism are like, no, it's not that. So I don't know if I'm like in the middle or what. It's hard for me to describe mine, but I really like that cosmic surrealism. Yeah. That's cool. I hope that is like on Google one day. <laughs> if it's not, awesome. is it not? Is I mean, it, not it might Google? be. It might be already. Someone probably already made it up. You know, everything's been made up already. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so, um, in terms of like jobs and and pub publications and, and projects you're you've worked on in the past like what are what are some things that you've done in the art world obviously like um, I don't know I just I started reading that question from back to front have it written <laughs> down I'm like okay like what kind of artwork have you done for things well I have submitted some of my art to things in the past and I've gotten some submissions accepted. One of the notable ones was the Utopia Science Fiction Magazine. That one I've had a few pieces featured in, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty small magazine, but there's always a lot of really cool art in there. A lot of cool like poems, short stories, that kind of stuff. So I guess that's my little plug for them. Cool. I'll have to check them out because that sounds like something I would really like. As far as I know, I think it's just like a one or two people that run the thing. So oh, it's kind of cool to be a part of that. And then I've also done a painting and it was one of my negative pieces for Xbox for the, the German speaking. It's a European like version of Xbox. So Xbox Dosh. So like Xbox Deutschland and I think Austria and Switzerland or something. But that was pretty cool. I did that project for them. They paid me for it, of course, which is nice. (laughs) And uh, they posted it on their Instagram and their TikTok. And then I posted it on mine as well. And that was a fun project. I got to paint one of my favorite video games, Halo, and included like the Xbox logo. So obviously, normally I wouldn't have been able to do that because I don't have the rights to that. So that was kind of the collaboration with them. I've also done some local fairs here some seattle art fairs i did the wedgwood art festival this year i think it was in march or april and then i did the what was it alki which was in july those was my first foray into doing actual art fairs and and getting my name out there to actual like talking to people and not just being online because i feel like a lot of my my traffic and and attention to my art is all mainly online And I think that has a lot to do with the pandemic because that's kind of where that all came from. Yeah. Speaking of the pandemic, that is one of our big episode topics. So let's just, I guess that's a good transition. Let's just jump right into that. How do you think that COVID has affected the art world? Well, I think that a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, they realized that they weren't getting paid enough. They weren't finding joy in their jobs and they could work at home and being at home all the time kind of made this 
bubble of time. So people had more time than they normally would have. And then they kind of cultivated hobbies and a lot of art has come out of that period and still today since we're still going through it. And I've just noticed a big boom in art, which is pretty cool. I think that's really awesome to be a part of that. And I've, I've seen, I mean, even like a lot of friends go through the same process that I have where they ended up quitting their, their jobs and doing art full time. And I, I just think it's a really interesting time period that we've been going through. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I totally did the same thing. I, I quit my job in May of this year. I waited a little bit too long. Well, not too long. Divine timing and all that. But I, I quit my job, <laughs> my my yeah. corporate corporate graphic design job pretty much during COVID. Like, well, I quit because we went remote for COVID, which was awesome. And then they were like, you have to come back in the office. And I was like, hmm not worth it. Sorry. And I like quit. Yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> um, blame you. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I'm so, I'm, I'm glad that I did, but I also need money. So I might get another job. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm yeah. doing DoorDash on the side to at least be able to pay bills and, and pay off student loans and all that kind of stuff. So Obviously, I haven't been able to fully sustain myself, at least currently with my art, but I have when I first quit. I think the economy is just kind of slowing down and people aren't being paid as much as they should be. And, and yeah. that's affecting artists as well. Yeah, we're definitely like, if we're not all, I don't know what the definition of a recession is, but if we're not currently in a recession, we're definitely headed there. I Absolutely, yeah. It is not... <laughs> Every time I go to the grocery store, I am just so confused. I'm like, why is everything twice what it was last week? I don't understand. I have a budget. Like, what is yep. happening? Everything is so expensive. Everything. It is. It is. It's, it's been pretty hard, but yeah. I'm hoping that there's going to be, especially with the student loan forgiveness that's been going on, I, I hope that people are able to start buying art again. But I understand if they if they can't afford it. You know, it's... It's not a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that I feel like we never bring up on art wise, but it is it, like, there's no, like, there's no doubt about it. Like art is a, is a luxury product. It's not Definitely. necessary yeah. for, for living. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people forget, but I think they forget it in that a lot of people don't want to pay for art. Like it's a luxury item, but that it is, it's not like you don't, need it to survive so therefore it can be priced whatever the artist decides yes yeah that's a whole nother can of worms though definitely but, <laughs> but yeah no it definitely with like people quitting their jobs to do art i remember the very first like week or so that i was working from home because i fortunately with my job that i had when covid started i, I was a graphic designer and I, I was working off like a mac macbook pro so i could work from home just fine and the first week that we were working from home my i was living with my cousin and her husband at the time and i the whole first week that we stayed home me and my cousin were playing uh, like acrylic painting tutorials up on the TV and we would just follow them. And we did it every day for like the whole first week. And then I moved and then we kind of stopped. But 
even even still like and you know my cousin she's not an artist but she likes to paint and i well i mean i think that makes her an artist but i don't think she would consider herself to be an artist but i think she likes her an artist i think so too but she i don't think she would she'd be like no but she does like to paint and literally the other day too like not even when, when was this I got bit by mosquitoes. We went to the beach. Okay. So she bought this car. <laughs> Sounds not relevant. My brain works w- weird. So she bought this car. She bought like a like one of the brand new Broncos and like the top like part yeah. comes off kind of like a Jeep. And she bought this hammock that like attaches to the top of the car so that you could like lay on like the roof of the car, but it's like a hammock. And we were like, oh, let's go to the beach. This is amazing. And so we went to the beach and like we got all of the like these paints and stuff. And we just put it in this hammock on top of her car. And we were like painting <laughs> at the beach. I literally have the painting. I just hung it up on my wall. So but much fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like when people are working from home and when people were stuck at home, there's just so much more time to like go and do things like that where, you know, you're away from people you're we we were on because i'm from tampa we went to the causeway and that's where we were at it's just a bridge (laughs) and like it's not really like a real i mean it is a real beach like it's a it's it's just but it's like a bridge between yeah it's like between tampa and st petersburg (laughs) and you can literally pull off and just like park and then like you're like on the beach but it's a road but like you're on the beach and we could just do that and paint and like we were to already as like even just as we were leaving we were like we had to do this once a week that was so relaxing that was like so <laughs> nice and it's really nice to see like people that I in my life anyway that I never thought of as somebody who would go out of their way to go and make a day out of you know going to paint or going somewhere and drawing just yeah. because it's fun and you enjoy the process and not to like worry about the outcome of it has been really ref- like one of the most positive things to come out of the pandemic, if there is any. So that's just my kind of two cents. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed anything like that with other with people like in your life or. Well, I definitely have noticed the people around me b- being able to express their creativity a lot more, specifically when everyone was in quarantine, just because we were, you know, we had all that time. And and so like the cousins that we did the paint and sip night, one of them was able to really focus on her music and like make a lot of cool music while, you know, during the pandemic. And and then we were all able to do our art. So, and and it was all worry-free, you know, it wasn't something like, oh, I'm painting this, like this is a commission or something. I like, this is just like for fun. We're just enjoying this, ability to express our creativity in a way that we never really thought about before. And um, I'm still doing that today, but obviously (laughs) have cultivated my painting skills a little bit more and and have started a business out of it. But (laughs) yeah, it's definitely like a whole different ball game when you're creating art either for someone else or for money, because it's a very different mental process that I feel like happens that not a lot of people talk about. And what's crazy is I feel like people that don't usually create art or like people that don't create art very often. We actually had a, so this Rochelle Lum is her name. She was on ArtWise 
previously. I forget what episode. I bring up her episode a lot because it really sticks with me. But she at one point taught art classes and in her episode she goes and like describes like the thoughts and like the feelings that people have when they take her classes that she used to teach. And it's so funny because people who create art on a regular basis, I feel like it's really easy to when you're not getting paid for it and you're just doing something for the fun of it, it's really easy to turn off your expectations of what the outcome of the art will be if it's not being made for money or for like a person and there's no worry like, oh, this person's not going to like it. Or at least that's how it is for me anyway, where it's really easy to for, for my brain to have that distinction of, oh, this doesn't have to be good. I don't even have to worry about the outcome. I can just create and that's that's fine. But when she was teaching people who aren't usually like in the position of like painting or making artwork. She she talked a lot about how people would just get so stressed, even though it's just like, it doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be good. Yeah, yeah. You just get so stressed. Like, oh, this isn't like, I'm going to ruin it. How can you ruin <laughs> a blank canvas? How? <laughs> it's blank. There's nothing on it. There's no way. There's no possible way to ruin a blank canvas, especially not when there's no expectation of what it's going to look like at the end. The only person who has that expectation right now is you and you can change yes. it halfway through if you want. Absolutely. Like, you can paint over it if you want. You could paint the entire canvas white again if you want. If you feel that you don't like it that much, you know, you can start from scratch. Something yeah. wrong with that. Or you can just add some happy trees in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like the notion that you can just make whatever you want. That's I think that's exactly. my favorite, favoritest thing about being an artist is just you can really just do whatever you want. <laughs> There's just such freedom exactly. with freedom that comes with it. That's why I've stuck with it so long and, and really I've decided it's my passion and, and something that I really want to pursue because it really helps me in like a emotional mental way too because it allows me to express freedom and creativity and it's cathartic you know so like I can get my emotions out on the canvas and then it also allows me to have a little bit of time to myself and just kind of explore my thoughts and feelings and I feel like that's a really important thing for people to do and that's something that I might not have done before the pandemic because I wasn't really huge into my painting i did discover it i think it was like 2019 when i first started so it was like right before but yeah i think that's important yeah no i i wish i could say i was a big painter but i i you know I, i'll paint on occasion but i don't know wet wet mediums like paint like any kind of paint like anything that's wet i just don't know why i just like my brain is like that's messy <laughs> you like it's like you're gonna have to clean that up so it can be messy so you know your, your brain's not wrong <laughs> no like I just the idea like honestly like sometimes even eating I'm like okay if I eat today then I will make dishes and then I will have to do the dishes so maybe we do like a go-gurt or something <laughs> instead <laughs> like it's so bad <laughs> but like my brain does that with painting too where it's like oh, I'm going to have to like clean when I'm done. Like that just sounds like not fun. Maybe I'll do like a digital painting. I do a lot of digital art. 
or like oh, yeah. charcoal because it's like i don't know you don't have to like wash brushes after you use charcoal so you just have to wash your, your hands i guess not I even know. i mean you could wash your hands or you could just turn everything you own black if you want <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that was kind of off topic but yeah no i wish i i wish i was more of a painter i i'll i like to paint like when it's convenient but if i'm really stressed about having to because i hate cleaning i don't like to clean so the the notion of like okay i'm gonna have to like wash these brushes out and it's gonna probably take like 15 minutes it just makes me it's enough for me to be like you know what i'll do something else <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. That's pretty valid. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I'm trying to think of a type of paint. Oh, and then there's like, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but then I forgot because I don't know, I didn't bring it up. But you do mostly acrylics, right? Yes. So I have tried my whole life to find a paint that dries at the appropriate amount, like the appropriate duration of time for like the uh -huh. speed at which I work. And I just have, I just can't like, it just never have found paint that dries at a good time for me. Like it's always very inconvenient. Like if it's acrylic, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's dry. It's dry. It's, uh, I can't blend it. It dried too fast. But then if I go to oils, I'm like, oh, it's not dry. I need this to dry faster. <laughs> and I never find like a duration of time of drying speed in a paint that I'm like, that's perfect. Well, have that you ever thought about using gouache? I don't know if you've tried that yet or not. I've tried gouache. Yeah. Gouache is so opaque yeah <laughs> yeah gouache is so opaque that it makes me nervous and i know that doesn't make a lot of sense because acrylic is also opaque but yeah. i don't know it just makes me feel like i can't mix it i see I what you mean yeah <laughs> don't know that does not make sense i i feel like artist people are like yeah i get it but like to burn yeah. they'd be like what do you what does that mean yeah i don't know i see other people like i'll watch process videos of people using gouache and i'm like that's beautiful i my brain would want to mix it but like I, when people do stuff that i really like it's not mixed like they don't mix <laughs> this makes I've, no used, sense. I've used gouache that's a little bit thicker specifically from the brand arteza and it mm. reminds me a lot of acrylic like the more heavy body acrylic but in a gouache form and maybe that's something that you'd be looking for. I, I mean, I don't know if you've tried that already or not, but that I feel like would mix better. And, and at least if I'm understanding your terminology of mixing them here. But yeah, I don't know what I'm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to articulate what's going on in my head. But yes, it is. It is the. And honestly, if I had to choose a paint that I liked the best, I would probably pick gouache. But I have more than likely only used like the cheapest crap I could find at the the like Makes like sense, the because yeah. like I'm like I said I'm not a big painter so whatever paint I buy I'm probably not gonna use it all and it's probably gonna dry out because even with gouache you still have to wash the brushes at the end which oh yeah that's for sure still that like whole it. process of cleaning up. Luckily, I've got a really nice space with like a a canvas drape cloth thing. So I just uh, can get paint on it and I don't have to worry about you know, 
cleaning oh, it up so much. Isn't that the dream? Yeah. I wish I had space. I wish I had space. That is like, that's another reason why I don't really paint, especially now that I've moved. I live in, I don't know if you can tell, well, people listening to this, you can't see me, but I live in a shed. Um, and I, I live in a shed with my boyfriend. So there's we, a uh, lack of space for sure. There is no space. It's about, I, if I had to compare it, it would be about the size of a studio apartment. There's oh, kind wow. of a bedroom, but there's no door. And then there's kind of a kitchen, but we don't have any appliances. Like we have a refrigerator, but we don't have like a dishwasher or an oven or a stove. And this is, you know, I put myself in the situation when I quit my job during COVID. So I don't know if that ties... <laughs> ties back to the whole COVID conversation. But yeah, no, I was in a very nice apartment before I quit my job. So yeah. Anyway, that being said, do you think that being stuck at home during COVID, this is a horrible transition. Do you think that being stuck at home the, the past couple of years, like during COVID, trying to go out less, trying actively to not go places do you think that that has birthed a lot of new artists who are not only just doing this like as a kind of de-stressor for like the current worldly situation that we're in but like uh -huh. people that have actually been like oh wait like i actually want to do this for like ever artists types i feel like there's definitely been a boom in people who have gone from just art as a hobby to transitioning to art as a business and making money off of that enough to somewhat live without another income or maybe just like with one other income like I'm doing right now. And I, I at least that's what I've witnessed. Maybe there's numbers that say otherwise, but from a personal standpoint, all the artists that I have kind of connected with mostly through social media seem to have been on a similar path where before the pandemic, maybe they had a smaller kind of art business where they were just selling like shirts or paintings or whatever. And, and then during the pandemic, they started to have more time to really focus on their craft and improve it or maybe expand their business or maybe even just start their business in general. And I've seen that explosion firsthand. And it's been really fun to watch and see these people that I've connected with over the years and see them cultivate that artistic creativity and, and actually make money off of it, which is pretty nice, me included. <laughs> yeah, no. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? I it's a random question. have in the past. I've also thought about starting a youtube channel which i do have a youtube channel but it's it's nothing special it's just reposts of like my tiktok and instagram reels at this point but i, I would like to cultivate that again at some point i know youtube is kind of an older platform now and most people are transitioning from it but it's had a little bit of new life with the youtube shorts and stuff like that but a podcast has always been something that i've actually thought about and 
I just don't know what I would do <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah, no. Maybe this will spark your your ability to say, oh, I actually really like this and start a podcast. The reason I bring it up is because what you were talking about was like seeing other people kind of like during the pandemic be able to like sort of like have like kind of like it was almost like a cultural reset for everybody. And it made everybody kind of reevaluate like their life and kind of like, oh, you know, time is fleeting and I could die at any moment. So why not be an artist like I wanted to (laughs) kind of thought. So having art wise kind of through the pandemic, what when did we start art wise? August of 2020, two years ago, that was right at the very beginning of the pandemic. And yeah, through this podcast, I have met the most amazing people I will probably ever meet in my life. I don't ever plan on stopping this podcast ever because the opportunity to just like get people on this podcast and just talk to them about their story and how they got started is just, it's so amazing, not just for me, but like for, you know, my listeners who listen to this podcast, I feel like every single episode, especially the episodes that we have like with guests, everyone listening can find something one thing or another that they can relate to, especially being that the audience for this podcast is mostly younger people. I think like 60%. I know I just feel like I'm making up numbers because I don't really remember (laughs) the exact number, but I know it's like something like around 60% of us are like under 30, which is crazy. (laughs) So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge chunk of the population of the world right now too. So yeah, no, I feel like definitely it's 30 is under under 24 and I think it's 60 under 30, but I'm not 100% sure. Or maybe it's 35. It's it's like some number. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I remembered the analytics better. Oh, I can just look it up. I can just look it up. I have it. See, I was like, I don't want to go to Anchor and look up our analytics right now, but I have it on my phone because technology. Okay. Yeah, so... 3%, that's three, the singular, is under 17. So very few like minors, but about 57% is under wow. 27. And then let me see. I'm trying to do math in my head and it's just not going well. So 23% of our audience is between 28 and 34. And then 33% is between 23 and 27. And then 24% is between 18 and 22. So a lot of younger people listen yeah, to the podcast. Yeah. Not as many older people. Only 1% of our audience is older than 60. Wow. <laughs> That's so sad. What the heck? I do feel I guess- like younger people are more inclined to listen to podcasts that's true i didn't even think about that yeah you know what people i don't think i know anybody older than 60 who listens to podcasts that's a good i I definitely don't know anybody older than 60 (laughs) (laughs) my parents don't listen to podcasts and they're in their 50s and 60s they should though podcasts are like so good yeah i know i'm actually i think i can say this right now this episode will come out on december 20th towards the the end of more towards the end of the year at the time of us recording this it's actually october i record everything in advance because i am a crazy person it's just it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) i do it by myself so i like to have a big cushion just in case i like 
I don't know. In case something happens where I can't record for a while. Like a know. hurricane. I'm an over-preparer. <laughs> yeah, like a hurricane. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, that, that is something that happened. I didn't even mention that at the Hopefully time that we're... you guys got out okay and stuff. Oh, yeah, we're fine. It didn't okay, even hit Tampa. Good. Okay, everyone listening, we're referring to Hurricane Ian. If you have to Google it because it's been that long, please do. <laughs> but yeah, I had to cancel our first recording session because of Hurricane Ian because I had to evacuate because Hurricane Ian was supposed to hit Tampa directly, but at the last minute it moved and hit Fort Myers, Florida, which was devastating. I'm very fortunate to have stayed where I was at. I didn't stay in a shed, obviously. I'm not, that would have been really silly because a tree fell like five feet from my house. I didn't stay in the shed, but I stayed in like the, the Tampa area with some some family, but not That's in the good. shed. I, I did have some friends who evacuated to Fort Myers because they thought it was going to hit here. Yeah. And a a couple of people I know evacuated to Orlando, which also got hit pretty badly and had like some pretty severe flooding. God, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So it was bad, but not as bad where I live, even though it was really, it was supposed to hit us directly, but it just, it just moved at the last second. Yeah. That's good that it it did move, but it's also unfortunate for the people that that went through it, of course. Yeah, well, it, especially because if it had hit Tampa, we were all prepared for it to hit us. Fort Myers was not prepared for it to hit them at all because it wasn't supposed to hit them. It was supposed to hit Tampa up until yeah. like about a couple hours before it turned. And uh, it was just so... I remember like sitting on my couch with, with my cousin, just like tracking it, trying to see where it was at. And we didn't even really get rain here in Tampa. Like we went outside during the hurricane and we were like, oh, it's a little windy, but it didn't <laughs> rain. Like it never rained. We didn't get like flood. Some trees did fall though. That was probably like the way, cause I live in kind of like a rural, I don't live in a rural area, but like my, I, I live in my aunt's yard in a shed and she has like a big plot of land with like a ton of trees and a tree fell like right next to yeah. it. So yeah. So it was windy at least, but not, yeah. not necessarily all the other ailments of the hurricane. Yeah, exactly. It was windy. But yeah, no, I definitely like plan way far, way far ahead. I wanted to say that I do plan on taking a break in January, but when we come back, the podcast should be available on YouTube as well, like in a visual format. Right now it's not. And I also do plan on making it, and I will edit this part out if this doesn't end up happening in time, but it should. This is my plan right now. And I do plan ahead. But I do plan on, in the future, making ArtWise like also a visual podcast. So I would be like recording the visuals for like future episodes. And also making it like have an additional subscription service. So I know we have like listeners who really, really like listen to every episode of ArtWise, like as soon as it comes out, I'm going to make it so that for like $3 a month or something for like a small couple bucks a month, I think it's going to be $2.99 right now. You'll get like an additional episode every week. So instead of four episodes a month, you get eight. But yeah, that's my plan for the future. If it doesn't happen... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll learn if this is actually true and I'm not lying to you, you'll hear more about that in the episode following this episode the following week. It'll be like our holiday special <laughs> holiday <laughs> episode. But yeah, that was my plan. But that's why I wanted to bring that up, I think. 
as we were talking about, I don't know. I haven't been following the script. I've been bad this episode. All good. <laughs> we've we've been all over the place, and that's just fine. We're just yeah conversation (laughs) yeah nothing has to have rhyme or reason anyway let's talk about ai art because i was excited for that to be discussed so the first question i have for you how does the kind of emergence of ai art fit in with the boom of creativity during this kind of era that we've been in following covid that i feel like there is so much that could be said about that like I feel like NFTs might even play a role in that as well. And that's like a whole nother like box that I just don't want to open right now. But yeah, not this episode. Yeah, if, you guys, yeah. if you guys want to learn more about NFTs, look for Nicole Tay's episode. Nicole does a great job of explaining NFTs. Really good to follow. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I think AI art really... As, as you said, has had quite the emergence, especially during the pandemic. And it, maybe originally it wasn't as high tech as it is now. Obviously, with the new programs like Dolly 2, for example, it's pretty advanced and honestly a bit intimidating to see what kind of artwork it's come up with. I know that that was probably one of the questions that you're going to ask at some point, but this kind of relates. So I just kind of feel like AI art could be both a tool and a something that that could overtake some artists in in like thinking commissions wise because for example i actually did gain access to dolly 2 i applied because i was interested to just kind of see what it was and (laughs) in the fine print oh you did nice yeah yeah in the fine print i saw that you could use the, the artwork that's created and make basically make money off of it which I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that you can just make something with this AI, especially considering it draws from images that already exist. So taking from other photographs and artwork from other artists and, and whatnot, and then kind of mashing them together and making something new. So the fact that you can make money off of that is a little weird to me. And But in some ways, the AI art is fascinating in that I have used it both just like as a for fun thing. We like, oh yeah, maybe I'll type in this just to see what it would look like. For example, like I'm trying to think of something that I've typed in. I think it was like a an astronaut discovering a forest of mushrooms because that's something that I've like kind of painted in the past. And I was just like, what would an AI generator think of that? And what would it come up with? And I thought I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Cause I, I asked it to create it in a surrealist style in oil paints. And so it looked kind of like an oil painting. There was four different renditions and it was actually kind of interesting. And I thought, you know, this could be a tool to kind of float ideas. So maybe I've got an idea for a painting and I just don't know how to start. And so I just kind of type in my thought into the thing and be like oh maybe i need this painting in acrylic just to see what it looks like and get some ideas but at the same time it's a little scary that an ai can can do all this and and make it look like an artist has created it so i think there's one thing that the ai still can't recreate and that is the emotions behind a piece i think that's a key part to art that a lot of people either don't realize or, or don't think about when it comes to ai art is 
the emotions that an artist puts behind their piece is so integral and really makes it stand out. So that's something that I feel like you can, you can see in a lot of AI art is the lack of emotional attachment. Yeah. I, it's so funny that you say that. Cause when I, when I got access to Dolly, I did the same thing. I was like, plugging in prompts for things that I had already done just to yeah. see how it compared. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're, you're right. A lot of stuff I was just kind of like, huh, you know, like I, I don't know. I thought mine was better. <laughs> that's, Honestly. that's what I thought too, to be honest. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I, I think mine was better. That's, but yeah. again, it is an AI. So <laughs> yeah, I think I made a, I had to have made a TikTok about it. I got to check. I don't remember posting it, but I definitely made a TikTok at some point. Maybe it's sitting in my drafts and I never got around to it. But I did this a digital painting of a girl crying spaghetti. And I just thought it was, but she was like crying spaghetti, but she was also eating it. I think um, I saw that that video. I feel like I remember. Yeah, I found, I found a sketch of it in an old sketchbook from like 2015. And I was like, why didn't this go anywhere? Why did it stop here? <laughs> and then I finally like I made like a digital painting of it and like finally finished it. I didn't spend too much time on it. I just wanted a more rendered version of the sketch yeah. done. And I thought what I did was like really cool. And so I was like, I want to see how, you know, an AI would would do this. And I put it into Dolly and I was just kind of disappointed. I was like, dang, this is just this just is silly. Like it just doesn't look. I don't know. That's not what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I also have seen other people use AI art as like references. I've seen people. And I think that could be helpful, like to take, like I, take it and, yeah. and use it as a reference for something. Because I, let me just say, sometimes I go to start a drawing or a painting or a piece or something and I go to start it and I like can't find any good references and I just like get so frustrated because I you know like for certain things like you really can't and I feel like people who don't who like don't really create art regularly don't ever think of this as a problem but sometimes I literally can't continue if I can't find a good reference for something that I need because <laughs> complete sense i've i've definitely been there and have ended up like either changing the piece or just putting it aside and then never coming back to it because the <laughs> reference that i need for the maybe it's a specific pose of a person or something yeah and that in that case though in the past i have just like posed myself like on camera and and tried to recreate i've it. done that too yeah. <laughs> i've done that too but yeah. I think you're right. AI would be a really good tool for for references for artists, especially if you're in a position where you're just stuck and you you can't really figure out how to move forward with your piece. Yeah, but on like the, I guess like playing devil's advocate, I've also seen a lot of people on TikTok, and this was a topic I found so interesting 
So, so interesting. I've seen someone make a video saying that Dolly, I can't think of any other ones besides Dolly for some reason at the at this point it's in like time. It's like one of the main ones right now. Yeah, so. it's like the biggest one right now. But Dolly and, and any of the other AI art programs that exist, people are saying, they're saying it is wrong because the way that it creates this AI art is it just pulls from art that other people have created and shared online. Like if you've yeah, posted yeah. a picture of your artwork, chances are at one point or another, Dolly or one of the other ones has pulled little bits and pieces from your art in order to make yep. something else. And a lot yeah. of people are saying, if I didn't consent to that, then that's really messed up and that's wrong. And that, that just shouldn't, that just shouldn't be because it's it's basically stealing is what people were saying on TikTok anyway. And I was just wondering how you felt about that because I have yeah. I have some opinions, but I want to hear your thoughts first. I'm I'm kind of conflicted because I I completely understand the feeling of like oh my art was stolen without my permission and used to for something else because that's happened. You know people will post my art occasionally like say my negative art videos and they'll repost it without credit to me and in a, mm -hmm. in a way obviously that's a different case but that's where i feel like that feeling is coming from like oh someone reposted my art and is getting a bunch of views and stuff for it and i'm not getting any credit in the ai case it's a little different obviously because your piece isn't going to be recognizable because it's just a small part of whatever the ai is creating and I mean, I do think that it's a gray area right now, especially with like how copyright laws are and whatnot with like digital domains. It's like, I, I don't know the laws very well when it comes to the digital stuff. Mm -hmm. I mainly just work with actual physical mediums, but I do know that when you create a piece of art, it is automatically copyrighted just, mm -hmm. just by you creating it. So I'm assuming that's the same with digital art not the AI created art, digital art that an artist creates. So in this case, it makes me wonder, like, should they get compensation for their images that are being used? Or should I, it's, it's really hard to say. And I, I am conflicted, but I, I see both points of view. Because on the other side, I see that the AI is creating something entirely new with these images. And I know that it, it might be like stealing it is literally taking images from, I think a lot of times Google. So it just takes them from like Google images and then just mashes them together. But it, it creates an image that is unrecognizable to any of the originals. And in a way that's happened before in the past, not with AI art, but with people say doing collages. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like a collage is a physical form of of what these people are describing of it taking like people are cutting out you know pictures or images or whatever creating their own image out of it and i feel like in that case you're creating an entirely new thing and and that's why i'm so conflicted <laughs> i don't know what do you think yeah so i yeah i'm kind of right there with you honestly if if they had to ask for permission from artists to use their art i would definitely grant them permission to use mine i know that's not the case for every artist i just think it's really it's a really cool tool and i would love to be a part of that i do see what other artists are saying and i totally understand not wanting 
your art to be used without your consent because that is totally yeah. and completely valid, especially if it's your livelihood and you're making money off of it. Of course, you don't want that to be stolen. But then I think about myself and my art creation process. And really, if you think about it, when you're like a human being and you're creating art, all art is, it's just a culmination of your life, your experiences, your thoughts, your feelings. And the AI, in a sense, is kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of makes me think like, oh, well, you know, when I make art, I go, I look through references, I look for references on Google, I look at a ton of stock images of like, Oh my gosh, I've used the weirdest stock images as references just because it's all <laughs> I can find. But like just so many things that like I didn't take, you know, that stock photo of that man holding an orange. Like I didn't, you know, but I needed to use it <laughs> because like, yeah, yeah. you know, like especially if I'm like if I'm drawing like a dude, like I can't even really pose like for like my own reference photo if I like if I really need to draw like a guy because like I just don't have that anatomy and it's just not gonna be like yeah it's, it's not gonna look different yeah. it's not gonna look right so I I kind of feel like I, I would just I would have to see like to I I've never seen anyone like come out and say like Dolly stole my art and like this is mine and it looks almost exactly the same like it's always a lot like a culmination of like so many different yeah. things that I'm like huh like this is kind of like what artists do anyway because I mean if you really think about it when before you go to start a new piece like what are you doing you're thinking about things that you've seen before things that inspired you and like that all comes from other places like it doesn't really like to an extent yes it comes from within you but you also like you pull inspiration from just existing and that yeah i mean a robot as much as it can exist right pulls stuff from google which is like where ai exists very beautiful analogy <laughs> yeah no i i completely agree like that, that makes a lot of sense to me too. And as you say, I mean, I, I am still conflicted and can yeah. see both sides of the argument, but I think that's a really good way to look at it. Uh, I really liked the way that you worded that, how like it's the culmination of your thoughts and experiences coming together to create this new piece of art. And that is absolutely what the AI is doing because it's experiencing all of these photographs, these online images and finding similarities in them and mashing them together to create something new. So I think that's a, an interesting way to look at it and definitely puts it in a new perspective for me as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. We're actually coming up on an hour, so I definitely want to give you your self promo time. So okay. however people can support you or anything that you want to maybe support now is the time literally anything like your website all your social media like how can people find you and support you the floor is now yours well that. yeah i mean there's a lot of ways you can support me the main way is just by like following me on social media i've got instagram which is art of chris thomas and then i've got my tiktok which is chris on this charizard those are like my two main platforms i've got a lot of other social media but those all those links are going to be in the bios of those and then i've got my website artofchristhomas.com and that has all of my artwork so it has all my originals all my prints i sell very limited stickers on there 
And then in the future, I, I want to have more merch, but right now it's just mainly the actual paintings and the prints. And I occasionally have promos. I might even have one in December. I don't know yet. <laughs> Since this is coming we'll out. Yeah, yeah. Since this is coming out, then I any promos I have now probably won't apply. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, go, I, go check fun. anyway. There's probably other ones. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up? I just advice to people who maybe want to to start going full time artist to just go with your heart and also keep track of. Hold on, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. You're channeling my energy right now. <laughs> it's just chaos and can't think basically i'm trying to say keep creating keep exploring your creative side and follow your dreams for as long as your your finances are able to (laughs) yeah 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 i had a a lot of fun on this podcast and uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed listening yes thank you so much chris for coming on i was so excited to talk to you i've been following you for for a while now. I don't know how long. I haven't really kept track, but it's always awesome to see your work come up on my feed. I'm excited that you wanted to be on Artwise. It's been a really, really good episode. I'm glad you think so. I was a little nervous, but feeling Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) I hate when people come on this podcast and they're like, I was so nervous. I'm like, for this podcast? Really? That's interesting. But all right. Thank you, Chris, again, so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And thank you for the advice. I definitely, I definitely agree with the advice. I, every time somebody gives advice on the podcast, I have like, I need to make like a notebook and write it down. I have to go through like every guest episode because that's a question that I ask everybody and just like write it down so I could just live by all of it because it's all good stuff. But yeah, thank you. Thank you again. And yeah, is there anything else? Anything you wanted to add? That, no. That's everything I can think of right now. All righty. Well, thank you again for coming on. And thank you to everybody who listened this far. As always, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Five Stars really helps us out. We have merch on my personal website, katemerrymanart.com slash podcast. We have a Discord server. So if you are a little bit shy and don't really have the opportunity to network in person, join the Discord server. It's free. There's a link to that in the episode description as well as all of Chris's support links. So feel free to check that out before you head out. And yeah, again, thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Chris, for coming on. And I will see all of you guys next Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Bye.